We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com backslash CMOS girlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Howdy CMOS girlies. Another week, another shot. It's a Sunday morning. It's 8.47 a.m. So let us know if this podcast, Emma and I sound really awake and vibrant because we've said on the pod before, you know, this is our optimal brain time, not in the night. So how's your Sunday going, dog? My Sunday is going great. I woke up at 7 a.m. and then I nice. went on a walk and my That's nose late for was you. cold. Yeah, 7 was late for me. I woke up, I think, at 5.30 first and I was like, mm, we got to go back to bed. Because I'm sure a lot of girlies who also wake up early for work and everything, you probably just naturally also wake up early in the mornings on yeah. the weekends, which is kind of a curse. But, but they say it's I good. also don't mind it because it, I enjoy actually being up before everyone else and like going on morning walks. Um, yeah. But Especially I got with coffee. daylight savings. Yeah, I got coffee, went on my usual Tompkins Square loop, I got a pack. There's a lot of things I got to do that I don't yeah. want to do, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, Um. no, I agree. I think the daylight savings point, it's like, yeah, I definitely wanted to go on my morning walk. Also, it's good to have a set wake-up time. Like, if you listen to any of the health gods, it's good to have, like, the same bedtime and wake-up time for sleep. So, yeah, I woke up at 6 to 12 and then just decided to stay up a little bit. So that was my life. But we figured this intro, we should give you guys another <laughs> live tweet reading. Um, We'll show you, or we'll not show you, lol. We'll go through some of the CMOS diet photos, which is not a diet. CMOS eats is like a better way to phrase it. Um, If you don't know, it's our little food account where Emma and I just tweet photos of food for each other, where we could just totally text each other these photos, but we just decide to put it on a Twitter. And then we will go to our personal Twitters and just tweet what's been going through our head i did have a name change on my twitter to psyllium husk princess i was forgot what i, I was my, I my handle was vitamin e girl but i don't remember yeah. what it was before um oh i think I, maybe it was magnesium. magnesium yeah actually when i was on my morning walk i was thinking of different names to change mine so i'm like i've been lactobacillus diva for a bit you have um haven't really figured out what 
health-related term I want to do that I feel really resonates with me. At first, I was like, mm, maybe dandy blendiva, <laughs> but <laughs> we got to do different than diva. I think you could do. I know creatine cutie, creatine. Cutie. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll do a play on words there, even though I don't take creatine. Yeah, but I think not even creatine. Yeah, it could be like. For human cutie. No, that's so weird. Okay. cutie. Anyway. Food, food Twitter. We'll start off with the first thing I saw in this morning. So I've seen this yeah, actually happen. Hell? Dude, I've seen this happen before, actually. So if you don't live in New York City, also someone DM'd us, like, you guys talk about New York at least five times in an episode. And I'm like, Bitch, yeah. we live here. Like, what else am I supposed to talk about? I Sorry know, that New York's it's... the best city in the world. I know, but I think that's funny because if I was listening to a pod and I didn't live here, I'd be, like, so f- fucking confused. Anyways, um, if you live here, there is, there's, um like, Mulberry Iconic Magazines or Magazine Shops. So there's a few around the city. And I've seen different, quote, activations with brands. Like, Say Beauty had one that I went to. And basically, it was, like, a promotion for their concealer and they like took over the magazine store and put all of these like promotional things and it looked really cool so on my morning leisurely walk through little italy today i was walking by and i saw on the mulberry iconic magazines that bloom nutrition has now taken over mulberry magazines and you could get bloom to go you could get variety just imagine going up to this bodega not even a bodega it's like a magazine store slash bodega and getting bloom nutrition variety stick packs out of this store oh my god i hate bloom nutrition so much off the record i was talking to a brand that is in the health and wellness space like a very credible brand and they were like yeah we really hate bloom like i hope they get sued by the fec one day because they don't follow any guidelines and disclosure stuff and this was like a really credible wellness brand and i was like damn we all hate bloom i feel that this definitely kind of solidifies who their target demographic is which is just a bunch of rich white girlies i feel um i can't imagine wanting to spend money on a bloom x new york (laughs) t-shirt yeah there's a lot just interesting kate and i should have our own activation and we should just sell y'all slop or one time kate and i really were very serious about like opening up a dessert potato (laughs) establishment where it would be like a chipotle style where you know you could select which potato you want and then it would be like toppings and we would like fucking like toss everything on there kate and i should do that at whatever the mulberry magazine spot that would be awesome (laughs) literally no customers would come but perfect just amazing So CMOS diet, um, I, Dr. Bronner's apparently makes coconut oil, which I think is pretty vile. Um, let's see some other food moments. Emma, I'm just, I'm just, looking yeah, I have one. So I bought a sweet potato the other day, the whole foods ones. I think now that it's, you know, before Thanksgiving season, they just brought in the biggest fucking potatoes. Yeah. Known to man. So I did a comparison because my potato I have was pretty big and I have a bottle of Ghia right now. And I how said, how many the pota- ounces? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I didn't 16? look, oh. but my potato is the same height and thickness of Ghia. It's a little bit shorter than Ghia, but it was pretty equivalent to that size. Yeah. Which is scary. I'm scrolling and I'm getting to when I was in LA. So like at air one, I saw camel milk, but I got a lot of DMs saying like, obviously there's places that have like lived off of camel milk for years. So I was like, okay. Um, then I saw a chocolate that was called big orgasm. Then what else did I see? Oh, there was an intermittent. The, okay, I saw granola bar, and it was literally called intermittent fasting bar. Like that was the brand name. I'm like, that is so fucking sad. That's so geriatric. I have one thing. So I went to. There's this place called Duels, which is yeah. a health store, basically in New York. Actually, they have they're a really really good resource for pretty affordable seasonings and spices from you know like India and other parts of the world, and they have just like goofy things but they have these digestive pills three dollars and fifty cents and i'm like okay and then if you turn on the back it says fat 
fat, Ayurvedic digestive pills, Ayurvedic preparation. And I was like, $3.50 for digestive pills. I just feel that those would probably wipe you out clean. Yeah. Granted, I don't know what like the ingredient list is because they don't like mention it. Um, Love that. <laughs> but I'm know. like, I want to experiment, but also I'm scared. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just be close to a toilet if you do that. Um, when I was looking up restaurants for Santa Barbara, I came across one and it was called, there was an item on the menu called the yoga pants salad, which I thought was really funny. Um, then we're back to this whole discourse of Emma, like I'm just on this one part of the, I need to screenshot this and send it to you, where it's like classic Kate tweet, classic Emma tweet, where it's Emma 13 inch long mustard on a log. And then Kate, it's like me with the most gigantic carrot ever, like dipped into yeah, hummus. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, when I was at Lifetime a few weeks ago, I always love looking at weird supplements that truly feel like they're from the nineties. And there was this one. And my, what I, the text I wrote is who wants healthy feet and nerve capsules, because there were these boxes of supplements by Terry naturally, healthy feet and nerves support health, nerve function and feet, legs and fingers. And like the photos are just like photos of like someone's foot on like the packaging and there's capsules. And I'm like, what, like what supplement or vitamin or nutrient is in this capsule that like would guarantee you healthy nerves? Yeah, it's funny that seeing just the worst packaging of all time. I'm really deep on the Twitter of when we went like uptown and we saw that like protein with like the men on it. I also saw this at Air One and I was very shocked that Air One would carry that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tweeted, this is another joke that Emma and I have, like, as we said, like the dessert potato bar, another job we see for ourselves is working as like apprentices to Happy Zoe Vegan Bakery. But I would say a third job is that the health store that I mentioned last episode, Lifetime, they have a hot bar and the owners, when Emma and I would go all the time, like together in the store, they always ask like, are you guys sisters or twins or something like that? And like, also, didn't they ask, are we 16? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Something about our age, but they have a hot bar and it's very like whole 30, like nothing on our food, whatever. And they had an ingredient, they had a food item that was mustard chicken. And mm-hmm. so it was just like at the hot bar, it was like chicken with like olive oil, lemon juice, like mustard and salt. And I was like, that would be Kate and Emma if we had to like, cause we're not good cooks. Everyone that's new to the pod, we would just put mustard and be like, yep, that's sufficient seasoning for meat. <laughs> that's, that's the sauce. That's the marinade. God. Yeah. I'm really deep. Um, should we get over to our personal Twitter accounts? Oh, right. Uh, that was the whole point. So of this, I'm like, yesterday yeah. I sent a screenshot to Kate because <laughs> again, Kate and I like don't really follow that many people and yeah. you know, I she tweeted something for me and then I tweeted something and so like my tweet stacked on top of hers on the timeline yeah and I'm gonna read these off and I this is just like what I think our mental state is yeah this is the real true look into our brain so really he tweeted I need to scream into a traffic cone I tweeted doing glute bridges in complete darkness and listening to the Ethiopia's volume four which is like basically just Ethiopian jazz and I was like this really sums up who we're doing right now yeah where we are um it's funny yeah the tweet the tweet stuff um so i'm gonna go through mine as well i did say i needed to scream into a traffic cone this is something i've been recently thinking about if tiktok ever gets deleted i do not have a future in foot pics because my toes are all messed up from running like i i could not make money that way so i need to think of new jobs then i tweeted why do i always gotta see beep beep i just ran into a man yesterday um Let's I see. have, I feel like a new woman now that the mackerel has been restocked. God bless America. Not one. Yeah. Um, I said, I feel like, have... I said, I feel like ghosts live in the Bodie store. If you don't know, Bodie's a designer. And I just like walked by it the other day, I think for like the second time in my fucking life. And I'm like, wow, this is like a men's like fashion store. And it's just kind of dark. 
Yeah. Um, the random loose bin of carrots at Whole Foods is so funny to me. Yeah. Okay. And then I replied to you that I had a dream I had a dream that I was at Whole Foods checking out and for some reason I didn't even have a coupon but like some reason the checkout thing got fucked up like the self-checkout thing so they came over to help me and it was this long arduous process and then an employee just comes over and hands me three loose large carrots as like some sort of like apology and then I walked out the store I've been having magnesium induced dreams recently that are like I've really been weird. having some crazy dreams too and it's probably because I've been overdosing on calm magnesium yeah what what any fun ones to share at the club um I feel like I had a crazy one the other day but I I like don't even really remember what they were they were just so random um anyway back to tweets um so last Monday I woke up at 4 a.m I couldn't fall back asleep and I can't just like lay in bed you know and wait until it's a normal time to get out so I got out of bed at 4 a.m and I did my mobility work and had two cups of coffee. And then I tweeted, I'm going on a morning walk because today is my rest day. I am insane. He, 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 he. So I was walking around Soho literally at like 5.15 a.m. It was great, that's but it also goofy. was so insane. Like, yeah, that's... It was me and construction workers. Yeah, that's not necessary. Um, my recent debacle that I've, if you follow me on TikTok, I've talked about this before, but I've been just getting the shittiest emails for influencer work. I got reached out to by Miralax and notoriously when I was age like eight from 13, this is something I really want to unpack in like therapy somehow, like digestive therapy. Do they make that? Like, let's go through your history of digestive issues. Like that should be a new niche because when I was eight to like 13, I was constipated as fuck. And like my mom didn't know what to do. So she would just give me Miralax. If you've not consumed Miralax in your life, it's something that helps constipation. It is like this chalky ass thing you mix with water and drink, except it does not blend at all. It is like worse than any sort of like calm magnesium or anything. It is terrible. No taste. And my mom would just make me drink this. And I just remember like viscerally laying on the carpet and my mom like pushing around my stomach to try to help my fucking constipation so i get a fucking email from miralax like two weeks ago saying hey bestie we want to work with you they ask for like i mean the 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 fee was like something like in the a thousand dollars and so i was like this is interesting but it was like 12 tiktoks five instagram reels like so much fucking work that it wasn't obviously worth it and two i would never fucking work with miralax they followed up to me seven times in my inbox and then on my birthday morning i wake up and i get an email and it says this the subject line reads let's work together with a heart i'm like why the fuck is that the subject line why are you putting an emoji there but it says hey kate my name is cell of poop like a champ a company that offers you high fiber products to get you on the go and then they said they want to work with me too and like it's it's funny because I guess yeah I'm like a health influencer but like I would never think of like making videos about poop I don't know what the fuck yeah maybe fiber will become the new trendy health thing um (sighs) but anyway we should probably get into today's episode right which is about orthorexia. Actually, I have one last tweet, which is very interesting. Okay. Um, at Crunch Fitness, apparently you can take a class called Street Jazz at 6 p.m. So I didn't take it, but I, I just thought it was funny. Okay. Um, yeah, this episode's about orthorexia. We got a lot of questions about like another eating disorder episode, as I'm sure like coming up for the holidays, you're going to be eating with family. People are going to say annoying shit. Um, maybe you are, I don't know, just I feel like a lot of this is good to have conversation about. And we did another episode about eating disorders. We've it's definitely just comes up off the coffin episodes, but I think this is a good episode to have because I feel like there's really a void in the health and wellness space of like eating disorder, eating disorder recovery. And then there's like this magic, just like 
like place where you don't talk about like what how you become recovered and I've said this yeah. to Emma before of like there's a lot of people that have a past of restriction and now like are like I want to be healthy but like how do I do that and it's a very fine line yeah I think there's a lack of discussion of what it feels like post recovery and some of the maybe issues that you maybe still struggle with because I do feel that it's easy to still view yourself as someone with an eating disorder, even once you're recovered, because when you do have an eating disorder, that's so much of your identity because you probably developed an eating disorder because you didn't know like who you were, maybe like lack of confidence and everything. And yeah, this will definitely be a pretty conversational pod. So, you know, of course, trigger warning, if you're in a bad place, you know, we are going to be touching on touchy subjects. Also, we're going to be like giving general advice, but always, you know, speak to your doctor when it comes to any type of recovery stuff. Kate and I are not professionals. We're just two meme admins. So keep that in mind, keep everything with like a grain of salt. But I think, you know, hearing discussion from two people who've experienced eating disorders can, I think, help other people versus just like hearing it from like your mom or dad. Because again, a lot of people don't really understand eating disorders unless they've like have personally experienced it themselves. Yeah. And I think like one question we'll get at is kind of like, quote, can you be recovered or like, what is recovery? Like, is there any moment where everything eating disorder just shuts off? And that's going to be super personal. And also like everything we touch on is going to be very personal. Like you might've not have had the same experiences, but that's not to say that like you haven't had an eating disorder. I don't know. I feel like with a lot of eating disorder stuff, which we'll talk about later, there's kind of this like jumping of like, oh, you didn't have it as bad as I did, or you didn't experience this. You didn't actually have an eating disorder. It's like very, it's like on the internet mostly where I'm just like, this is odd that people are like really disqualified qualifying people's like real experiences yeah it's a it's weirdly competitive yeah it's weirdly competitive which is really really gross and does no good for anyone and yeah yeah, so of course everyone's personal experiences are going to be different but you know if you struggle you struggle and that's all that I think matters (laughs) yeah and we're here for you dogs um Mm -hmm. if you're new here and you're not in our Geneva platform it is linked in the bio this is where our community lives it's like a big group chat um if you want to talk to other people about it like a lot of people have also asked I'm going to bring this point up too can you guys make a there so in Geneva if you download it there are different rooms that you can go into and talk about various subjects right so like there's a wellness room there's a food room and a lot of people have asked like can you make an eating disorder recovery room and I'm going to talk about this in the episode like how our recovery spaces online are they good are they bad and for me I just don't want that space I think Emma and I've talked about this of like this is not a eating disorder recovery program this is like CMOS girlies like we are welcoming to people who have had those experiences but like that's not the target here so there's definitely opportunity and people do say like trigger warning I'm going to talk about eating disorder when they do share stuff in Geneva but I'm not going to segment off like a channel just for that if people have I've messaged you back if you've asked me about that before but I'll talk about that more in the apps um yeah let's let's get into it dog we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS Grillies. We have to tell you all about our favorite new plant-based protein powder by Sprout Living. They're so delicious, so clean, and really much more than just your standard protein powder. Now, what really makes them different is that they avoid a lot of the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real, whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is great because it makes the blends multifunctional. Their Epic Protein Pro Collagen Blend, for example, also contains ingredients that help boost the body's own natural production of collagen. How cool is that? They have tons of different flavors. There's truly something for everyone to love. Check them out and use the code CMOSGRILLIES for 20% off your order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies. We know you spend hours scrolling and liking our memes on your phones. Hey, Emma, have you heard about the dangers of blue light? Oh, girl, am I aware. From the headaches to the blurry vision, I am a victim of blue light. Did you know that exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep? Even though your girlies take your magnesium before bed, we suggest you check out Felix Gray lenses to help with blue light exposure. Kate and I are wearing our glasses as we we record this ad because the Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. All right, let's get into it. So as we said before, trigger warning, talking about eating disorders, recovery, relapsing, orthorexia, all the things under the sun relating to this. Um, And you guys asked a lot of great questions in Geneva. And I think it's always good for Emma and I to kind of see like what you guys are thinking about. You know, we it's once again, podcasting is no really feedback loop of like where you guys are with recovery. 
and such. And I think also as I think a lot about like TikTok and kind of like what's that has created. And I'm sure you guys relate to that too, where like I'm seeing a lot of pro Anna content recently. And I think people try to talk about like recovery and eating disorders on there. And I think a lot of times it does fall flat. And so when Emma and I, you know, had our eating disorders, it was like 2017, 2016. I think the media that we consume was very different. It was like all on Tumblr. It was like the vegan YouTubers. And I think now if I was like in high school with TikTok, I feel like it would just be a shit show. So thinking for all you younger CMOS girlies out there. Um, to start off, I think overall when it comes to orthorexia, so if you're not familiar with the definition of it, I guess it's just like being super fixated on being extremely healthy to the point of it being a disorder. So you're like fixated on like clean ingredients. You're fixated on like movement. You're fixated on like calories and portions and just everything related to your health and wellness. And you're kind of like treating your body like a robot, right? So a lot of people, when they come out of eating disorders, they tend to relapse into this like orthorexia, not even like relapse, but just like kind of want like, oh, I I want to be healthy, but then they take it to the same extreme. And kind of my understanding of it is like, you still haven't really dealt with your underlying behaviors of like why you had an eating disorder, like the obsessive compulsion nature of it has now translated over into orthorexia. And you can kind of get away with it because you're like, well, I'm being healthy that I'm getting 30,000 steps in a day or like crazy shit like that. And it's extremely, it's like not. And I think that was for me, at least with my eating disorder recovery, the first therapy I went to was not helpful at all because it was all about like weight re- weight restoration and it wasn't anything about like the emotional side of like why did I develop this thing with like my relationship with myself and I don't like myself and that stuff. And so when I went to therapy the second time, it was a lot about like when you do have these like feelings of X, Y, Z, like what is the underlying trigger for that? And that kind of got me out of the eating disorder behavior. Um So to start off, the first question that I had was like, is, you know, when it comes to orthorexia, I feel like we get fixated or just eating disorder shit. You get fixated on one little moment, right? Like, oh my God, my family's going out for ice cream or, oh my God, I'm going to eat this food. And I think it was had seed oil in it or something like that. Is this one small thing going to change your entire health? Because, you know, you eat multiple times a day um, throughout multiple times of the month. And I think if you are someone who let's say has health goals in mind, like you want to become a stronger person, you want to become a faster runner, you want to get better sleep, or you want to like improve your insulin resistance, something like that. Like that is a totally valid goal to have, but it's like the behavior you kind of treat, you know, what do you do with food? Um, it's not going to change your health overnight. Let's say you get 9,000 steps a day versus 10,000 steps a day. And I think when you're in this period of orthorexia, you are stuck in the small decisions. Like you're stuck in stuff that's not going to make a cumulative effect over your health. And that's, I think, when it's good to like step back of like, what am I doing 80% of the time versus what am I doing 20% of the time? The next category is kind of like food rules, which I think if you've come from an eating disorder, you definitely know what this is like. You have random rules in your head and you know they're random and you know that you're like, why the fuck do I have this belief about this one food item or food group or like nutrient or calories or something like that? Um, But for some reason, you can't shake it. And I think for me as an example, like you've probably made up thousands of food rules in your head over time or just heard them from like diet advice, like carbs are bad and they're going to kill you. Bananas have too much sugar in them. Um, I can't eat olive oil because it's going to kill me. Like almost I'm not going to say I'm not going to give you exercises to do but like just think for five minutes like all the foods that you have made rules about or demonized or villainized 
and then go back and be like, wait, <laughs> I've probably said some fucked up shit about every single food I've eaten before, right? You know, and you've probably gotten rid of them out of your diet too. And I think that's when the orthorexia can get back into this like habit of restriction. And we'll talk about this later, but I think like veganism as well or any sort of like diet can become a form of restriction. Like I was vegan before having my eating disorder during, so I it was like I already knew like things to avoid whatever the hell but I think when you try to make diet you know choices after having an eating disorder like it's kind of risky right because you are quote restricting food groups even if you don't have a bad relationship with like avoiding meat or avoiding dairy and you're doing it for ethical reasons like it still is a form of restriction so I think that's just a behavior that you should kind of watch and then when it comes to like food rules too I've seen a lot of TikToks about this recently um of kind of like when binge eat binge eating happens right or like restriction around like you've been I can't have ice cream. I can't have ice cream or I can't have sugar or something like that. And then the one time when you do get exposed to it, you do overeat. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't have this item in my house because I know I would just, or I think this is a lot of like what like almond moms say of like, Mm -hmm. I can't have this bag of chips in my house or I'll eat the whole bag of chips. I feel like I've heard that a lot of people say that. And like, if you don't let yourself have an item of food in your house and enjoy it, you will binge on the time you get the exposure to it because it's this starvation where you're like, I'm never going to have access to this food again. And I saw a very interesting TikTok of this one. I don't know if she was licensed in anything. And this is a whole another subject we didn't really talk about. But like, there's people on TikTok that are like, I'm a body positivity coach. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Or like, I'm a food like positivity coach. And so it's like weird with TikTok, whatever the hell. But I saw this one girl make a video and she was some sort of coach. I don't know if she was credible or not. And someone commented like, love this idea of intuitive eating. But if I eat intuitively, I will drive the Taco Bell every single day. And I know that's not good for my health. And the coach responded to this comment and made a video of like, you know what? I'm going to say go to Taco Bell every day. You're going to do that for probably as many days as you need to. And then like day 45 will hit and you're not going to want to go to Taco Bell. And once again, it's like, it's interesting because you could say like, well, I'm just never going to go to Taco Bell again, or I'm going to allow myself full, like intuitive risk, you know, non-restrictive behaviors with Taco Bell. Um, So I thought that was an interesting point that it kind of made me think about like, yeah, like, you know, restriction and that whole like intuitive eating convo. Yeah. And I feel with food rules too, especially post-recovery, that's something that like you really, really have to challenge, especially for me, that's been a huge issue for me because, you know, I with my personal experiences with eating disorders, I basically was struggling for about like six years. So a lot of those rules were like really ingrained in my head. And also like when I was having an eating disorder, that was kind of like when I was fully developing into like, you know, an adult. And so like kind of during that entire process, like that is what stuck in my head. And when I was in my nutritional therapy, if you want to call it that, my therapist or whatever was basically telling myself like Emma you have to like really ask yourself and really challenge and question your thoughts and ask yourself like is this rule rooted in science and for the most part like all these like little silly rules that you make about food or portions or whatever are like rooted in nothing and most of the time they're just like rooted in fears and probably something that you picked up from diet culture and one thing that like really helped me at least was like I would always write down okay what's like my biggest fear about this like why am I so fearful about it and then like kind of writing out like what like the worst outcome would be and typically there's like no outcomes that will really come if you like do break your like quote-unquote rule and I think that like is really helpful to like remember that like 
again, you're not going to die. Your body is extremely smart. And I think too, whenever I'd get super hyper fixated on like one moment of like going out to eat with my family and like not having control of like dinner or whatever, like if you look around everyone else around you, they're just living life and they've probably have like, you know, gone out to eat a million times. They're still alive and they're still having fun with life. And I think that aspect really, really helped me get out of you know, my eating disorder and just seeing that like, okay, I'm like, you're not going to die if you eat this food, like you're literally going to live. And so I think that's another thing to kind of perhaps you can use to like help yourself get out. Um, and also too, just like, you're not going to know peace until you learn how to trust yourself with food and often obsessing and stressing about food rules is just going to hurt you even more, you know, because you're going to be stressing, you're going to be, you know, cortisol will spike, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Versus just like, if you ate it and moved on with life. Yeah. That's like a lot easier said than done, but the more often you expose yourself to, you know, a certain food that you've always been scared to eat, the easier it becomes. And I think that's where having like a really good support group that you have, like actually in person versus online can really help you because if you have a good friend that you can trust or a parent that you feel safe around and they know that you're going through this and they know that you need to, you know, become better at like, you know, being okay with eating, you know, a fear food, if they can join you in that experience. And if you have a positive experience after eating that food, you're going to feel more safe or comfortable consuming that on a regular basis. Um, and I think for me also a way that helped me, you know, not get super fixated on food rules is like really just viewing food as what it is, which is fuel and nourishment because food rules, food labels have so much power over you and they really you kind of feel that you're like a little puppet and they're like you know controlling you and that doesn't mean that you have to be the type of person who only eats for fuel and not for enjoyment and that doesn't mean you have to eat like bland food through recovery but I just feel that like viewing food for what it was kind of helped me neutralize it and yeah like you have to actually eat if you want to be able to do certain things in life. So if you want to be able to run without injuries or build muscle, you have to eat. And like all food is fuel, whether it's ice cream, cake, burgers, a salad, but some foods just like have additional nutritional benefits. And like, that's like great bonus points, but you know, you're not, yeah, I think that neutralizing food is really, really key when it comes to overcoming all of these barriers. Yeah. And to get into the next subject, which is like about recovery spaces, which I talked about in the intro, if you're not familiar, there's like a lot of places I would say this kind of started on Tumblr and got really twisted where like, it's like, oh, like let's all recover from our eating disorder. And then there's always someone in the chat that like ruins it. It's like, that's totally just like how the internet works. Like you want to have a positive chat that talks about this one thing. You're going to have trolls everywhere. Right. Um, And this is, I think, a view that I have gone back and forth on. And I think now that I'm, quote, you know, one more year until my brain is fully developed as an adult, being 24 now, I think I have a lot tougher skin than I did when I was younger. And I think younger me would have, like, kind of evaporated to hear this. But I think for me, I think recovery spaces are pretty problematic. As Emma said earlier, like, when you have an eating disorder, it pretty much consumes everything. You lose a lot of your friends. You lose a lot of your hobbies. You lose a lot of your life, to be frankly. And I was thinking about this when I was in Santa Barbara and just like, I think if you are stuck in a recovery space online, once again, you're not getting out of that identity of like, I'm a person with an eating disorder. Not to say like, I've been to therapy twice. I've been in a lot of these recovery spaces. They are valid at a certain point. But I think it's like, if you're living in them forever, 
you're never getting out, right? Like I think of this as a short-term solutions of like having people to talk to that know what an eating disorder is so I don't feel like I'm an alien, but I don't think you should be in these places forever. And that's why I don't really want like a space in Geneva because I don't want people who like, you know, I'm pretty much done thinking about my eating disorder. And then someone says something that's like, oh shit, like I forgot that I used to do this weird thing or I forgot that I used to struggle with it, right? Like I don't want people to feel like you need to go back there. Okay. Um, I think it's really important. And this is something that once again, when I was 19, I would have disagreed with this statement I'm about to say, but I think you need to surround yourself with people who have had eating disorders just as much as people who are normal fucking eaters and have never had eating issues. Okay. If you're surrounding yourself with only people who like think about calories or have had those kind of thoughts in their past, you're not around like regular eaters, like Emma said, and you don't get to see people who just go out and they stop eating their meal when they're full and it's intuitive and they're not thinking about ingredients and they're not looking at food labels. Like you should be around those people to know that that is a part of life and that's an opportunity that you could have, right? Um, Obviously some shit in this like recovery space is like once again, I think they get really skewed very quickly, which is why I'm very like hesitant, kind of like mama bear to like not want to open one up in Geneva because some people just say shit that's pro and and I think another thing is that like being online you are opting into something right it can be a great community builder it can be like a great place to meet other people but you also got to get a tough skin okay like to a degree there's going to be people that say stuff that triggers you every day you log on your phone not even eating disorder related someone just could you could have your favorite pair of shoes favorite favorite pair you wear them every fucking day your, your idol could go on and say those are the fucking ugliest pairs of shoes I've ever seen, okay? So by being on the internet and just be by being a human in society, you go to class. Someone says, I entirely disagree with your opinion. Like, that was just boldly. There's going to be people that just generally dislike you. And it's like, I think this is something that when I was 19, I would have crumbled because I was so just like weak at that time, like physically and just like emotionally too. But you have to realize that you got to grow up and get a tougher skin with that type of stuff. And I'm not being like a total like, conservative freak like pick yourself up from your bootstraps like there's a point of your life where you need to be coddled and you need to have support and you need to be in these like recovery spaces they're very critical to like getting out of it but I think there needs to be like a vision of you having of yourself in the future where you're like I don't care if my mom said something about calories I want to be able to like go on with my day right and that's tough work like that is I think the toughest fucking work of the eating disorder of like figuring out how you are going to be like strong that's, I think, the hardest part because when you're in the eating disorder mentality, you don't see a way out of it. I think for me, for a long time, I was like, I'm just going to have this shit forever. Like every time someone says something about body or size or calories, it's going to fucking trigger me. And now it's like I've built up a tougher skin where I don't want to be the person that gets triggered by that. And even if someone does say some shit like that, I got to work through it and I still work on it every day, you know, like, but I think the overall point is like, yeah, we live in society. A lot of people are just going to say stuff that let's say someone's like, oh, I want to try keto out or like, I don't eat carbs, something like that, because maybe they're diabetic or have an issue like that. Like you got to learn that people I think are not trying to hurt you. And I think that's something that I've gone with eating disorders, right? Like, or I got gone on and realized with therapy that like your close friends of family and friends, and we're going to talk more about like what to do with your family, but like they, if they are your good friends and they are your friends and family, they're not trying to hurt you. Okay. So you got to get that out of your head that everyone like hates you. Yeah. And I think too, with online communities, you know, a lot of these people are going to be strangers. They may not have the best interest for you. And I yes. think, you know, if you come from like a loving family, have a good friend group, or you did before your eating disorder, those are the people who are going to support you. And those are the people that you should turn to first. I think 
online communities can be beneficial for people who are like extremely isolated. Like, let's say you truly live middle of nowhere. You have a toxic family, no good support group. I do think then in that instance, a online community can be good for you. But I think, you know, I completely agree and that I don't think an eating disorder channel in Geneva would be helpful like at all, because I do think that a lot of people who might be recovered or, you know, are slowly getting to the finish line of recovery. I think if they were to see, you know, those you know, messages or conversations about like how people are struggling. And, you know, I think it's a very slippery slope that it can maybe people re-question their recovery and question, oh, wait, maybe I do want to start like restricting again. And I think that's like really scary. And I feel even for me, even though I am, I, you know, I have very thick skin now. I know what I should and shouldn't be doing, but I even foresee myself, like sometimes I even like rethink what I should be doing with my own health and wellness when, you know, I listen to different podcast episodes or if I see different people talk online and because we're all still like so easily influenced, even though I would like to say that, you know, I have thick skin, like I'm very grateful that I don't get triggered by, you know, what I eat in the days anymore. Or when people say like really like stupid, you know, toxic stuff stuff at work but it's still it can be a very easy for you to like really kind of re-question everything and that's why I think that eating disorder channel again not right for Geneva at all also I think Kate and I too like CMOS girlies is not about eating disorder recovery it's just about like general health and wellness but those areas can get very um gray um and a lot of people I think outside of like health and wellness or who have come from eating disorder just like automatically equalize like wellness with eating disorders and I kind of want to like break that conversation yeah me too I think it's really frustrating too because I think a lot of people throw on to Emma and I that we are orthorexic because we are into health and wellness which is like a tough thing to follow and I saw this one girl make a TikTok yesterday where she did a grocery list or something and she had like totally like what we would consider quote clean I'm using this in air quotes clean food right like she had just like all produce like all just like whole grains chicken breast eggs stuff like that like yogurt someone commented like babes this is an eating disorder and she was like you know what you stranger on the internet you don't know what I think when I'm buying these foods when I'm eating these foods you don't know my mental process when I'm eating a brownie versus eating chicken breast so like fuck yourself basically she said and like I feel like that too exactly of like being a person on the internet of like you know you could look at a a what I eat a day video or something like that if I, I would never make that but you could look at these fucking contents and like you actually don't know these people like log the fuck off like i think that is something that i have really like rub up against with parasocial stuff because like i love you see girlies i think the sea girlies get it but i get some fucking freaks on my tiktok where i'm like I don't owe anything to you guys. Like, you don't, I'm not going to explain like what my relationship with like me eating a brownie before my run. Like I made a video like that and someone was just like, seems like you still have an issue. And I'm just like, you're a fucking random idiot on the internet. Like, let me eat a brownie before my run. Like, God. Um, And I think the next category is like what to do with family doesn't get it or doctors and like the doctor category, like a lot of people go and they're like, I have an eating disorder. And the New York Times did an article about this and I actually found out about it through the Red Scare podcast and it was about atypical anorexia, basically saying a lot of people that have eating disorders are not your typical underweight underweight population because when it comes to binge eating like that can lead to like weight gain and just kind of breaking the stigma of like eating disorder is someone who's extremely frail underweight and it profiled a lot of people um and the you know that kind of thought is that a lot of people go to eating disorder stuff and they don't feel seen they don't feel like someone actually believes what i'm saying right like you kind of go to a doctor and they give you a checklist of like 
do you hate your body? Do you like food or not like food? And you can have like a, a different relationship with it and still have disordered eating, but your doctor might not make you seen. So I just want to bring that out there that that is extremely common. And I'm really sorry if that's happened to you. Definitely happened to me. I not going to get too much into my like personal medical history, but like, yeah, just based on my athletic background and like my body weight, like the doctor was like, you don't really, I don't, you don't have an eating disorder. Like what? And I had to kind of do a lot of explaining, which was just also really tiring and exhausting at the time. But I think with family and friends, like I said before, I've really tried to, I think this is more of a COVID thing. I've really tried to challenge, like, does this person like, like care about me? Right. You know, if someone has an opinion about you, do you care about their opinion? Like, do you care about them? Because it's really easy to get like, you know, pissed off by like an acquaintance or a friend if they have some like you find their shit talking you or something like that. But it's like at the end of the day, do I really care about their opinion at all? And I think when it comes to eating disorder stuff, like let's say there is a vague friend or let's say it's a random person. You're at a party and they make a comment of like, oh, all I've had today is coffee. Okay, they said that and they got some shit they need to work through. But like, do I really value that person? No, they're like a stranger I met at the party. And so I'm just going to move on with my day. You know, like people are going to say dumb shit. Like we live in society. And I think it's hard to set boundaries with family. That's something that I've worked on because, right, like if your family has not had an eating disorder, you're going to be speaking in a foreign language to them when you say stuff like it triggers me when you guys say this or I why do you guys care what I'm eating or this, this and this. And it's kind of like sobriety. Like I was thinking, you know, if if you're not drinking anything at a party, people are like, well, are you OK? Like, Ugh. but if you like carry a fate, like carry a, a red solo cup with water, people will literally not care at all. And I think that's the thing with food, that it is so weird that people give so many fucks about like what you're eating. Ugh. Like, why? Why are you making this? Whatever. And it's like it's just like odd. And I think that's something that. You got to figure it out with the people you love. And I would say don't waste time on the people that are acquaintances and people that you don't really think highly of, I guess. Yeah. And I feel when I had an eating disorder, I would always get so frustrated whenever like my grandparents would comment on stuff. And looking back now, it's like, Emma, they were your grandparents. They probably like had no idea no that idea. Like, what they were even asking was even like bothering you. Like that, like I think a lot of people, and of course, you know, these are conversations that you can have with your close family members. If there's something that they say that like actually bothers you but like for the most part they're not asking in a way to like attack you they're literally just like wait why are you why aren't you eating like a gross green bean casserole you know yeah like I I agree have realized that like you have to kind of cut people some slack when it comes to like where they're coming from because a lot of you know people like eating disorders aren't something that's like on the top of everyone's mind unlike people with unlike you you know yeah yeah I'm like you and you're in it where it's the only thing you're thinking about. And I totally agree. Also, another thing, if you're having an eating disorder, girlies, your brain is not properly functioning. Okay. (laughs) You are not able to make quick decisions. Like there's a lot in psychological stuff of like how your brain actually shrinks during an eating disorder, not forever, but you it'll come back. And so like when you are going through that decision-making process or someone says something that triggers you, like your body enters this fight or flight and you just become extremely irrational and you just get into this defensive fucking posturing. Like I've had that experience with like my family when they say something that is not harmful at all like Emma said like they don't have any past of like eating disorder issues and they're just commenting on like oh like how'd you cook the sweet potatoes and I'm like take that as like defensive like offensive of like oh my god they think that I have a problem and I'm blah, 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 blah. no they're literally just asking because they don't have an eating disorder like you Kate like the fuck yeah well also I also want to say I feel when you do have an eating disorder i like bipolar issue obviously is like a very much like real mental illness but I feel like you do kind of like make these very like rash decisions like my brain would either like my brain would automatically go into like kind of this like yeah fight or flight mode like you would say and then I'd always like come back with like attacking basically my family members for like saying anything to me and I think like 
you do you're very emotional when you have an yeah. disorder because you like your hormones are fucked are up fucked. like your brain isn't working or anything that yeah you are just like so weak emotionally from like anything that anyone says and again it gets better over time and you know I think also too you just can't feed into like whatever people are saying like if it bothers you just like move on like don't really try to like come back with any comments because otherwise you're just like reinforcing the conversation it's just like better to kind of like let it come and pass yep yeah um and I think that's a big part of like why you want to get out of your eating disorder for me like I knew I was an emotional roller coaster and in the moment when you get that irate kind of irrational thing and you make you know you're making a family member feel really shitty or a close friend or something like that 20 minutes later once I've eaten and I'm not hangry or like I've settled down I would literally feel so bad. I was like, why do I blow up at my family? I don't want to be like this. Like, it's almost like making me sad thinking about it now because I was like, why? Like, why do I do this? And it's like, because your brain is not properly functioning, Kate, like you need to go eat food. And I think that's a huge moment out of it of like, I'm. this is a lower point I was going to talk about, but like whole like reasons for recovery, like body positivity, neutrality, whatever, like that stuff just doesn't resonate with me. I think for me, what got me out of my eating disorder was like, I ruined so many moments in my life. I missed out on so many moments in high school when like, my friends were like, let's go to this diner or something. And I was like, oh, well, like thinking about like, what do I have to eat? Like, what do I have to change tomorrow? What I'm eating to like, in order for me to like, quote, deserve this or so many moments in my family's like, let's go get ice cream. And that I said no to. And, you know, it's like sad, you know, I got out of my eating disorder pretty quickly. Like I'm only 24. I have a lot of life left to live, but it's like so sad that you're living in this like part of your life for so long and that's like I think what snapped it out of me like I had to get away from I think the oh body neutrality or love your body or body positivity like that didn't work for me and I think that's a harder thing to unpack you know eating disorders come with some sort of fat phobia to a degree like you don't want your body to be at a larger size you have some sort of like issue that you need to fucking work through but I think that's a hard thing to work through first you know I think that's something that I've worked through now that I'm like totally like recover my friendships relationships like my hormones and period and stuff but I think for me that was really hard to put at the forefront of it because when you are in your eating disorder you are programming your yourself to like want your body to be smaller to hate how you look to you should be so obsessed with your body image that it's like if 80 percent of your energy is thinking about that it's going to be really hard I think to shift it overnight um and so I think I focused on the social moments of life I was missing out on and also the health like the health stuff scared me to death like the osteopenia you know the unseen health effects that you don't know about right like you see a lot of models coming out that are like yeah I was a model in like the heroin chic in the 90s and now I'm 40 and like I can't walk or now I can't do this. And it just proves that a lot of people that are your like influencers and skinny girls, whatever the fuck, like they're not healthy at the end of the day. And they might look good now in one photo, but like you don't know that they wake up and they have a headache and they feel like shit and they're fatigued and stuff. So it's like you can't focus on the body stuff, I think, in order to like get that stage recovery. I don't know. Just like yeah. if body neutrality works for you, good for you, but it doesn't really settle for me. And I think what always hurts me the most is just like thinking back like my parents didn't even really get to know who I was when I was yeah. like a teenager or in high school because I isolated myself so much and I, you know I still had a healthy relationship with my parents but I would just hide myself like I wouldn't yeah. eat dinners with my family ever I would you know watch them eat dinner and then I would go and eat my own thing and you know it it's really hard thinking back how you know my mom would just be out and about and people would come up to my mom and be like is Emma okay 
And my mom like literally wouldn't even know what to say. Cause she like didn't even know what was even going through my head yeah. and body. Like obviously something was extremely like wrong, but like I didn't open up to my parents. And I think that was like the hardest thing is that like I yeah, literally had no one in my life and I had no friends or anything. And I think too, along with like the body positivity stuff, that shouldn't didn't really work for me either because I like really fucked up like how I view myself and I think like yeah. that is like a whole thing of how to like overcome like body dysmorphia and everything that's something that I still struggle with and does it suck yes has it gone better yes but it's like I don't think that is really like an area that I will ever be able to fully like overcome and I've accepted that like I'm probably going to struggle with that for the rest of my life and you know if body positivity works for you great but like for some people it just doesn't but I also just remember you know I was like such a good swimmer back in the day. And it was something that I really, really love, like competitive swimming. It was a great resource for friendships, like outside of like school and everything. And like my abilities to swim really just like plummeted. Like I was not a good yeah. swimmer. I wasn't strong and I like couldn't like go to state and everything. And like part of the reasons why I quit swimming was because like I was so burnt out because I had no energy to like wake yeah. up and do the hard workouts. And I just think back to like, okay, Emma, if you hadn't had your eating disorder, all these things that you had enjoyed, you would have continued enjoying and you probably would have gotten better. But like, I kind of destroyed so many aspects yeah. of, you know, things that I loved. And that's like, yeah, the hardest thing, your life literally gets sucked out of you. And I just wish I probably would have been a very different person now if I didn't have all those issues. Yeah. Well, adding to that, like, it, you know, your eating disorder sucks the present life out of you. You're not living in the moment. All you're thinking about is like food related shit you're really missing out on your future too. You know, like Emma said, I was the exact same way. I developed an eating disorder right as I was going through the college recruiting process for volleyball. When I looked at my growth charts, I was supposed to be 6'2", and I'm six feet tall now. A lot of the advice that, or a lot of the feedback I got from college coaches that I was too short. If you don't know volleyball, like you're, for the position I needed to be, it was like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, touch the basketball rim. I had the worst vertical on my team because I was eating like shit and treating my body like shit. And I was like, oh, I just need to be smaller and I'm going to jump higher. No, bitch, you weren't eating. That's why you couldn't do anything. And I wonder like, damn, would I have gone on a, a division one scholarship and played volleyball and done all this shit if I would have been eating properly? And this is just a tangent because I think some of the CMOS girlies need to hear this advice of like, if you're an athletic girl that's going through recovery you're going to have to take time off exercise. Okay. Don't try to do this half-ass shit of like, I'm just going to go on an easy run, or I'm just going to go to the gym and lift light. Like you still are not recovering the fact that you are okay being sedentary. Okay. So like, that's something that I think I, this is me calling out my past self because yeah. I think I tried to do shit like that. I had to take off like time with my eating disorder with volleyball, but it was always like, Oh, I think I can do both. No, you need, you still have a fucked up relationship with exercise. Like you got to work on that. And then I think when it comes, someone asked quickly about like gut issues after eating disorder like yeah so you have been restricting a lot of food you are entirely fucking up your gastrointestinal tract you are going to have a lot of bloating because your body is shrunk you know your stomach your stomach's down. literally shrunk yeah yeah you're, you're you also have extreme food intolerances if you were restricting stuff so like yeah your your stomach is going to flare up probably anytime you eat anything again okay so like if you want to get all concerned about bloating and do your green nutrition bloom nutrition shit like having an eating disorder is the worst thing you could do for your gut health girlies okay um you're not going to be skinny you literally are fucking up your organs inside um so like yeah that's just another thing like a lot of people have 
when you are quote starving yourself or in starvation mode you will have severe bloating because your body's doing that as a defense mechanism right like if you look at the it's like the minnesota starvation you know the study the one that was done whatever that was like the most credible ed thing um Mm -hmm. like read into that about stomach issues and then like last point here to round off the app is about like life after recovery you know, I think there's, like Emma said, a binary of like either have an eating disorder or you're a perfectly normal person. And it's like, you, I want people to be able to partake in health activities, right? Like for me, I missed out on volleyball when I was in high school and now I've gotten really serious into running. And there's a way for me to care about performance and health and nutrition without it slipping back into a recovery, right? And that's what I'm frustrated with that I feel like there's not a lot on the internet of girls who have had an eating disorder that do take part in fitness again or do care about their health in like a, you know, posting online or something like that way. It just seems like, well, I never can do that again because it will make me have an eating disorder. And I thought that I I could never run a marathon because it will make me go back to being a restrictive freak because I will be like freaking out about how much I burn, freaking out about calories, all that stuff. And it's like, you can get better. You can have life after recovery, everyone. And also, I think in order to do that, you have to really go through the process of recovery first and you have to build trust with yourself first as well. You have to know, okay, if I do decide to eat like a quote unquote, like balanced, healthy diet, that's like mostly like, you know, whole foods. You can still do that and it's not an eating disorder and it can also not be orthorexic, but you have to build the trust with yourself in order to do that and not let it go into a restrictive mindset again. I think you will just get to a point where it's not even worth fighting the demons in your head. Like I've gone to the point where I'm like, I don't have the time or energy to even care. I like, I'm so tired. It was six months and like looking back, like, I don't know how the fuck my brain did it probably because my brain wasn't even there, Working, but I do think, and that's like my biggest frustration too, is that like, yeah, if you've had an eating disorder and then you recover and you want to like, you know, maybe get jacked or maybe you want to get into bodybuilding, like those are things that are going to require you to, you know, maybe pay a little bit closer attention to your nutrition to a certain extent, but that doesn't mean that like, it's going to be an eating disorder again. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's going to be very like individualistic for like everyone. And if you know that like that could like lead you down a bad path, don't do it. But I think- you can still partake, like Kate said, in certain things without it being a eating disorder. Yeah. Like Emma said, I'm way too exhausted to act on my restrictive thoughts. Um, So I think that is something that's really important when it does come with recovery of like the thought might come up. Okay. You know, you have to eat every day. There's going to be people talking about food. You might like maybe you move your body multiple times a week. Like you're going to be in experiences pretty much every day that could trigger your eating disorder. Right. But the, the thing that you have to work on is, am I acting on them? Okay. That idea of like, damn, maybe I shouldn't eat that because it has too many calories or damn, I should go on a walk to quote, burn off something like whatever that restrictive thought is in your head. Are you acting on it? Okay. And I think let's say right now, if you did a list, like making a list or something, cause someone asked for journaling prompts. Like I think an idea you could do is like, let's say you say 10 behaviors throughout the week. Like, did you act or like you write down all your restrictive thoughts 10 times out of 10. Okay. You acted on your restrictive thoughts. Let's get that down to being three out of 10. Okay. Like, let's say you have a restrictive thought of, I shouldn't eat this or this, this, and this, you got to just do it less. And then it will become more normal for you to not take the restrictive tendency. Okay. Um, I think also acknowledging your thoughts is really important. I think for a while in recovery, I was in this period of like, ignore every sort of restrictive thought that comes to your head. But when you have the moment of like, I want to restrict, I want to binge, I want to do something, I want to do that 
go write down like what you're actually struggling with okay because nine times out of ten it is not related to food it is relating to some other shit in your life in your personal life your professional life that you are extremely anxious about you are stressed about you are uneasy about and that is why you turn to food it's eating disorder is an addiction it's like having an alcoholism it's like having a drug addiction and you have to treat it like that and so you can't shy away from thinking about the problem that is at the root of like the bad moments right yeah. And I think also we got a few questions about like help. I'm losing my period again. Like, what do I do like post recovery? So again, like, and you might be thinking I'm eating enough. Like why am I losing my period? You can lose your period for reasons that are not yeah. associated with under eating. This can be from different forms of stress, whether that's like you're in school, um, taking a lot of exams or from work and also like overexercising, which I guess could kind of tie into like under eating, but like unknowingly and, or just like simply increasing any strenuous forms of movement I've experienced with this. And I think if you have come from a passive, like amenorrhea, you're more susceptible to probably like losing your period again, just because your hormones are so sensitive. And, you know, I highly suggest seeking out a doctor and like taking some sort of hormone panel test if you have access to that, because it'll really help you to actually understand like the science and like know which hormones you're actually like lacking. in. I think that kind of helps me in like overcoming my amenorrhea is understanding like, oh, I like literally don't have this like one vital hormone because I wasn't, you know, doing X, Y, Z, but you know, it's a very complex process. It's going to be probably more than just like eating more. You might actually have to take some more rest. And again, it's going to be very like unique and personal to each person. So if you lose your period again, like don't panic, like you can get it back. But that's what's so great about your period and your cycles is that like your body's very smart and knows how to recover and heal itself, that there is a possibility for you to get it back. But yeah, you're just going to have to be way more cognizant and prioritize your hormone health probably more so than someone who has never struggled with the eating disorder. Yeah. Um, So just to say that, like, once again, I think there is a point and like, once again, we're not doctors, but like, there's a point where your body's going to hit like a hit a natural weight, you know, your rest weight, your setting weight, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. There's a point where you're going to start getting a consistent period and you're start you're going to start getting consistent hunger cues. Okay. But this is all to say that, like Emma said, if you slip up again, you can lose those things. Okay. And I think there's points of my sort of like place with recovery where I'm like, let's say I see someone say some shit in Geneva that is like, oh, what if I I went back and did that. I have thoughts of acting on stuff, right? Let's say that comes up for me. Thinking about how hard you've worked to get to where you are, I don't want to have to do that work anymore, right? Like, I don't want to have to meticulously plan and track and focus on all this shit anymore. Like, that is a point that I'm happy to let go. I'm let happy to let go of fucking control. And I'm happier to think about like my friends and my families and my hobbies and CMOS girlies versus thinking about like calories in a banana like I'm just so happy to have these high my brain working so I can think about higher order problems than Mm. things like calories okay and this whole episode you know if we said some stuff that is like hitting you in a point where you're like damn I really struggle with that we're not saying this out of like hating you like I've literally every point that I made that was like harsh (laughs) this is like me talking to myself because I've had all these you need to hear it you need to hear it yeah yeah and it's it's really tough and like I think Emma and I you know if you listen to this I'm sure you like us to a degree and think of us as your like big sisters here like we want you guys to get through this I don't want you to have an eating disorder forever and we hope that you guys like found this useful yeah tough love and you know I wish someone spoke to me like this way. And I think also just hearing it from someone, you know, I'm sure if you listen to us, maybe you look up to us or you do trust us to a certain extent. And I want you to know that we have like, we want the best for you. And sometimes wanting the best for someone comes with, you know, 
having to hear things that you don't want to hear. Yeah. But anyway, that's the episode. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it and definitely leave your comments. If this definitely helped you or resonated with you, let us know. Thank you, CMOS Girlies, and we'll see you next Tuesday. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.